Welcome to today's show. I am your host, Michael Aceta, owner of Matador Canine Brilliance LLC, author of the Dog Training Cheat Codes, and host of the Acknowledge Dogs podcast. Thank you for being here and taking the time to educate yourself and grow your knowledge on dog training and your relationship in a whole. Today I want to talk about goofy recalls. <laughs> There's a reason I want to talk about this. So I'm just going to jump right into it. Okay, you already know if you've been listening to the past couple of podcasts that if you're interested in dog training, I have a couple spots open right now for my six week coaching. Head over to training.matadorcanine.com slash six week coaching and sign up for a discovery call if you want to work with me and actually get results within six weeks, see a dramatic improvement in your dog's behavior. It's a six week course where you and I are going to go through exactly what you need to do to reach your goals, whether you have reactivity, whether your dog is aggressive, whether you just want your dog to listen more training.matadorcanine.com slash six week coaching. Okay. So what do I, what do I want to talk about goofy recalls for on social media? Maybe a couple weeks ago, I posted a video where I'm walking and I tell my dog to sit and I keep walking and over my sh uh, shoulder, you can see my dog sitting and downing on cue behind me about 20 feet. I then recall him and he springs up like a chicken flying through the air, goofily running towards me with all this excitement. And this is always how he's recalled. This is how I get a lot of dogs to recall. This is, this is just what it looks like. What baffled me was the comments. My goodness, he looks so happy to run to you. He looks so goofy. You can see he loves running to you. And I hadn't thought about it because I, I've, you know, I've been in the industry for so long and I've always used positive reinforcement to get dogs to run to you, to be excited to come to you. So this makes perfect sense. Why wouldn't they look perfectly excited to run to me? And it's because people don't use positive reinforcement when they're teaching a recall for some reason. <laughs> So their dogs don't look like this. Their dogs look upset to run to them, right? Because we're taking away something that they really enjoy, which is running around. So how do I even, how do I get a dog to do that? Well, number one, you got to start with treats, with rewards, with toys and excitement. Like you have to be excited. You have to be bouncing off the walls excited. If you're bouncing off the walls excited and you enjoy life and you really want your dog to run to you, you go, yay, oh my God, come here, you here. Then, of course, they're going to be excited to run towards you. But if you say, Tommy, come, and you're really stern and you do nothing else besides stand there, unless you've done all that precursor stuff, like in the video, I don't get excited when I recall him. I just say, Tommy, come, runs to me, super excited, because he knows that there's going to be a party when he gets there. And we've worked on different reward schedules. So sometimes there's a huge party. Sometimes there's not as big of a party. Hey guys, I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. The sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. But if training consists of being really rigid and saying, Tommy, come 
and he runs to me, and then he sits perfectly, and then I give him a treat. Sure, he's going to do it because we're practicing it, and he's getting repetitions, but he's not going to be as happy to do it. He's not going to be as excited. And for me, I want my dogs excited to do the things that we're doing. There's a, a wonderful trainer who we had. We actually had her on the show. Her name is Lindsay Hines. Uh, a while back, I think it's episode 30 or so. And we were talking about finding jobs for dogs. So certain dogs really want to do agility, and some dogs don't. Some dogs would much rather do dock diving or scent detection. And if you get a dog with an intended purpose of doing something, like agility, and that is not their favorite thing to do, you can tell. You can see, okay, that's not what that dog wants to do. So I'm going to find something else for this dog. Maybe we'll try dock diving. Then the dog loves dock diving. Okay, now we found that dog's sport. Just like people. But nine times out of ten, obedience turns out to be very boring. Oh, sit, down, place, heel, come. Right? Super boring. Unless you're doing competition work where you're going to make it more exciting, it's still kind of boring. But you can't get to that fun stuff unless you do those fundamentals, those basics. So you might as well do your absolute best to make those fundamentals really exciting, really enjoyable. Why wouldn't you? Why would you spend the time training your dog and just be really bored with it? Doesn't make sense to me. I would want to have fun with my dog. I'd want them looking goofy and excited, springing up like a chicken. And the comments really showed me that Maybe a lot of people don't train their dogs with positive reinforcement, even though it's the most modern way to train your dog. Of course, right now we have the balance trainers coming out, which I think is a fad. I don't think it's going to stick around very long. But positive reinforcement, right? That is the most modern scientific way to train your dog and teach them the skills that you want them to learn. That's what I do with all of my clients. And I get asked all the time, why would you correct, correct a dog? I would only see it necessary to correct a dog if they fully understand the behavior in the situation you're asking for. Fully understand it. In the situation you're asking for. But even then, there might be something I'm not perceiving that my dog is. And that would just require a little more training. So why would I correct my dog and damage all of the work that I've done? If I do really, really good recalls, I spend the time building that trust, that love to run to me. And then I slap an e-collar on the dog and I try to tell them that, okay, I'm going to recall you. And if you don't come over here, I'm going to electric stim you until you do come over here using negative reinforcement. And that is not how you use negative reinforcement, by the way. You would add the stim and then say, come. And then as they came to you, you would release it. But I'm not going to get too in-depth about e-collars. Point being, if now they don't trust the e-collar, they go, whoa, whoa, whoa. The last time you recalled me, it was excitement, and I got treats, and everything was great. And now you recall me, you don't even give me a chance to respond. And you're, you're shocking me. You're doing something to my neck, and I don't like it. Electric stim, muscle twitch, whatever you want to call it. I don't like it. I don't like this at all. Now I've broken down the trust of all the training I've spent time working on with the recall. My dog loved the recall, and I've damaged it. This happens far too often with all obedience. You do positive reinforcement, and this is where I think balance trainers are going to eventually fail. You do positive reinforcement, 
teaching the skills, teaching the skills, teaching the skills. And then all of a sudden you start correcting the dog. And of course, they're peppering in treats and correcting the dog to try to balance it out. That's why it's called balanced. But what ends up happening is the dog lessens their excitement for the response in general. And was only doing it now because they're afraid that they're probably going to get corrected. In many cases, there are some very good balanced trainers that rarely use corrections. And I think those are great. Those individuals are fantastic. But if every single dog has to have an e-collar on, or every single dog has to have a prong collar on, clearly there's something wrong in the training regiment there. I would like to see every dog off-leash training. Completely off-leash. No collar, no nothing. And that's how Tommy is, because of how excited and goofy he is. I was filming a reactivity course, which is available at training.matadorcanine.com. It's a reactivity course, and we went to the park, and he's standing there, and he's looking at the other dogs because he wants to play. And I intentionally gave him some, some liberty and freedom so that I could record the course, right? So I put him on leash, and now he's looking at the other dogs. He really wants to play. But you can see that in his mind, he's still really excited to be with me because he's jumping back and bouncing around being with me, but he still wants to go play with the other dogs. So he's facing the other dogs. No tension really on the leash. He just, he's torn. He's excited about the dogs, but he's really excited to be with me. Eventually being excited with me wins. It only took about two minutes and now he's fully facing me, engaged with me. And I can reward him over and over and over. So which would you rather have? Would you rather have a dog that isn't excited to be with you, shuts down when you call them, sometimes will even ignore you completely, right? If you don't, if you don't teach them that running to you is a good thing, eventually they're going to run away from you because they know you calling them is going to be a problem. Classic example, a dog goes in the backyard, runs around, or you're at the park, and it's time to go. It's time to bring the dog in. So you call them, you say, Tommy, runs on over. They see you grab the leash, or you see you reaching for them to bring them into the house, and they immediately run away. Now what do you do? You could yell at your dog, but that's probably going to push them further away. So to combat that, I'd recall them to me, I'd give them a treat, and then I'd let them go play again. Recall them again, give them a treat. But people don't do this. People wait for the problem. Don't wait for the problem. Don't wait for your dog to recall to you and then blow you off. Know about this ahead of time. Okay, I know my dog is going to start thinking that the gate or the back door or whatever it is, the leash, me reaching for them is going to be a problem because they're going to think we're leaving. So I'm not going to tell them that we're leaving right? I'm not going to telegraph to them with my body signals that we're leaving. They're going to come up, I'm going to give them a treat, and then they can go on their business. Next time they come up, I'm going to give them another treat, they're going to go on their business. Third time they come up, I'm going to give them a treat, and I'm going to grab their collar. Um, let them go on their business. Fourth time they come up, I'm going to grab their collar first, and then I'm going to give them a treat. Fifth time they come up, I'm going to grab their collar, put the leash on, give them a treat, take the leash off, let them go. See my point? Now they start to think, oh, going up to mom and dad has absolutely nothing to do with the leash or leaving or getting in the car or going inside the house. It just means I'm going to get a treat and I should run back. I should keep going. Why wouldn't they want to run to you then? Every time I go to mom and dad, they give me a treat. And then, of course, you work on a variable reward schedule so they don't know. Everything should be worked up to a variable reward schedule. But the more you do this, the more you can control every aspect 
and make it as positive as possible, right? Every single aspect of that was positive. Putting the leash on was positive. Grabbing the collar was positive. Giving them a treat is positive, clearly. Having them run to you is positive. Having them leave the park is positive. Imagine putting a leash on, you go to leave the park, and now you do something fun right outside the park. You play with a ball for a little bit. You play tug a little bit. You get them a puppuccino in the car, whatever it is. Puppuccinos aren't healthy, but for the sake of training, maybe it's a good idea. Right? You can make it really exciting to get back into the car, just like it was really exciting to get in the car in the first place to go to the park. Or it was really exciting to go outside in the first place. And this does not mean do this once and expect a difference. As with anything, you do this a couple times, they start to understand the concept, and then you have to build on it. So you reward every single time they come to you, and then you work through those other reward schedules. If you don't know what reward schedules I'm talking about, go back and listen to the variable reward schedule episode, where I talk about building on these things to make sure your dog is addicted to doing that behavior. They're basically gambling. And they're going to do the behavior over and over and over again so that they can get rewarded for it. Unless you do those things, you are just wasting time and your dog is not going to be excited to come to you. The recall is one of the most important aspects, most important aspects. I just did a podcast on this the other day, yesterday, maybe (laughs) possibly yesterday, that I would teach the recall if I only could teach one thing. If I could only teach one thing to a dog, it would be the recall. And I would teach a goofy recall. I would not teach a strict, okay, the dog's going to be in a downstay. I'm going to walk 100 meters, turn directly towards them, say, Tommy, come. And they're going to run directly into my lap. No. I would teach them, no matter where you are, what's going on, if I say your name and come, you should run to me. Really, really run to me. Bouncing, floppy ears, tail wagging in the wind. Super excited. Like you just won the lottery. Imagine a mother running to her son after not seeing them for four years at college. That kind of excited. Imagine a kid not seeing their parent coming home from the war. That kind of excited. That's how excited I want my dog to be when I call them. If they can do that, if I can do that, then we have a really, really solid recall. I know today was a short episode. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already known... We're doing YouTube Lives. So if you head over to YouTube, type in Matador Canine Brilliance. We do a live event almost every day. And you can kind of chime in there on what your thoughts and comments are. We're also going to be talking about many of the things that we talk about here on the podcast. You just get to see my beautiful face. (laughs) Again, if you're looking for dog training or if you have been considering it, take this as a sign. Now is your chance to start training your dog with a professional, get the results that you want. Head over to training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. Again, that's training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening.